welcome to another edition of On the Ground. Uh, I am here again with uh, Alex Klusterman and Rylan Auger is joining us. And we are going to be doing something a little bit different this week. Um, we're going to be talking about uh, books and discussing uh, perhaps some of our favorite books. And uh, so, yeah, it'll be a, a bit of a, a discussion and hopefully we'll be able to come to some um, helpful conclusions. Uh, does that sound good? Yeah, sounds good. Yeah, great. Okay, so maybe to start off, we'll uh, talk about um, what are some uh, some barriers that we find in our culture towards reading. It seems like if you if you take the average person off the street and, and ask them, when was the last time they read a book uh, just for the pleasure of reading? I think you'd find. Uh, very few people who, who had done that. Um, so, so what are, what are some obstacles today in that regard? Mm -hmm. uh, well, one thing I thought of is the way that we learn reading and I, I'm riffing on this from a, a podcast I heard, uh, is it Karen Swallow Pryor is her name? And she talks about reading and books. And one thing she brings up is that we aren't taught to read in a way that encourages a love of reading. Yeah. That's true. And yeah. so, you know, but beyond what you and Ryland and I and everyone in our church and most people we know might uh, experience as obstacles to reading, there's also just foundational problems. And, you know, the example is a lot of our reading, especially in high school, when we do, you know, book reports and stuff, a lot of it is very utilitarian. The reason you read is so you don't fail the test so that you can answer the questions for the book report um, and it just sucks the life right out of it. You think of how, you know, prominent Cole's notes is, you know, reading to get the gist of what's going on in the book, but you're missing large uh, purposes and what reading is, is and what it is for. And it's kind of reduced to this, just learn some bare facts about something. And if there's a more efficient way of doing it, then do that. So part of it is, is, we aren't taught, most of us, to love reading for itself. Um, yesterday, we were speaking with a principal, and he was mentioning a student who come to their school, and I think he said he was diagnosed with a with dyslexia, and uh, which is which is a real thing, obviously. But he found that really, that this child just didn't have good instruction in how to read. Right. And the, the foundation blocks for them just weren't built. And so they they probably hated it um, and they weren't able to engage with it. Mm -hmm. And so I want to go back to the way we educate our children, yeah. the way we raise our children, yeah. the way we view reading at the beginning is just off. Yeah. I'm quickly feeling this is going to turn into a pitch for classical education. <laughs> uh, no, maybe. But, uh, but to, to get back on topic, in terms of what Alex was just saying about uh, the foundational elements of, of how we teach people to read, and um, you can see a bit of, in the way that we've polarized the head and the heart, that, um, you, like you're saying, reading for the knowledge to pass the test. Mm -hmm. um, there's a sense in which when we divorce the... Um, the emotional aspect of reading is, is to see something bigger, to feel mm -hmm. something bigger. Mm -hmm. and, and Lewis touches on that in one of his essays. Um, but the idea that, uh, that reading is more than just acquiring knowledge. Mm -hmm. um, and, and when we've kind of divided those things, mm -hmm. 
we get this problem where um, people are only reading to just acquire information. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and that's and, boring. Yeah, and that is boring. And there's more efficient ways of doing that. Mm -hmm. Exactly. But that's, that is the society we live in. You, mm -hmm. you do a, a Google search on any subject, and the mm -hmm. first number of hits you'll get is, um, you know, DIYs, wiki hows, mm -hmm. life hacks. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's not, the writing isn't great. Mm -hmm. um, it's not enjoyable to read. It's mm -hmm. very functional. I just want to do something. I want to improve my life somehow mm -hmm. with immediate benefit. Mm -hmm. There is no uh, sense of, of a macro. Um, how is this shaping me as, mm -hmm. as a person? Mm -hmm. And we would say that reading in itself is character forming mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and this is what karen said in her podcast i wish i remembered what it was uh it's, it's something about good books or the good life and good books or something okay yeah. karen swallow prior check that out um but several ways she mentions at least one of them is empathy so when you read a book you are engaging in the discipline of trying to understand someone else's perspective and yeah. point of view and not just that their experiences so not just learning bare facts about something but engaging with other people's experiences their joys their sorrows their whatever and what that does in a child and, and an, an adult is it helps build empathy your ability to put yourself in someone else's shoes and that is a creative in a way creative exercise yeah. and, and reading is one of the best ways to build empathy yeah. um you don't live in this little bubble where mm -hmm. your experience is all there is and everything is judged by your experience. Reading builds patience that you, you need to be slow to speak. You need to be quick to listen and slow to speak. Um, that you working through a whole book, you don't stop at the boring parts or the parts that you think are insignificant, that you patiently plod away. And even if you don't agree with what was stated, even if you don't like it or know the relevance, you can't apply it in any way you have exercised patience and, and, and you are forming, virtue is being formed in you. Mm. Um, and that, that's just not, I mean, who, even until I listened to that, I had never heard of reading discussed in such a way. Right, yeah, it, it was a pretty foundational oh, yeah. lecture, yeah. I haven't actually listened to that, so. Yeah. Um, there was a quote, and I'm not advocating George R.R. R. Martin um, but he does say a reader lives a thousand lives before he dies. Mm -hmm. Uh, and the man who never reads lives only one. Mm. Um, and just expanding on that, that part of the reason why I think a lot of people just, um, have shallow conversation, have shallow input, don't feel like they can really engage in issues is, is, is that we're not exposing ourselves to other lives. And, and when we read even in terms of good quality f fiction, you know, we're, we're there with, with uh, Dickens, Oliver, and the grimy streets of London. We're, we're wandering the moors with, um, uh, with Bronte, and, and you know, mm -hmm. we're, we're, we're with them. We're experiencing their struggles, we're, mm -hmm. we're, uh, and good writing brings that out and allows us to empathize. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes, I, I agree with all of that. And we see kind of the shift away from reading being valuable in itself to look at the rise of like blogs you know yeah. it used to be blogs well forget about blogs now it's twitter you know yeah. 140 characters mm -hmm. and it's this view of knowledge that can you can reduce things to 140 characters wikipedia, mm -hmm. the same thing. wikipedia yeah. and the immediate um fast uh thinking you can reduce all of life to sound bites that's just not a christian view of the world 
you know, we are given a Bible, as, as John once said, former pastor of our church, he said, we're given a Bible, not a tract. And there's a reason for that. Because mm -hmm. questions of God and humanity and life are, are not reduced to one-liners. Mm -hmm. And and we are doing that. I mean, even we've talked about Ben does writing and, and has a blog and has written for various... I'm perpetuating um, this. <laughs> no, but but we've, you've, we've even talked about how like your blog will get more traffic. This is true of anyone yeah. if it has a good picture. You know, you know what does mm. that what does that mm, say yeah. about um, our culture? It's an impatience. It's an it it's is. an impatience. Um, the access to information that we have is exhaustive and it is immediate. So there's also there's just a pragmatic of why would I read a book? when I can get it quicker. That's yes. a legitimate mm -hmm. that's, right. that's mm -hmm. a legitimate question. And and that's that's not really just attributed to our age. So I'll I'll insert some of my historical knowledge here, but please. <laughs> um, so uh, Plato Plato writes here. a work called the Phaedrus in which uh, Socrates is kind of telling this story about some Egyptian gods and the creation of letters. And uh, Socrates' view in this is essentially that if you once you've now that you've created letters for mankind, mm -hmm. um, you know the alphabet. Um, it's essentially going to be detrimental. You're seeing all the positives of it, but you're not seeing the negatives mm -hmm. of it. And at this point, there is you know everything is attributed to memory. Mm -hmm. They commit everything mm -hmm. to right. their memory. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so it seems like Socrates is saying he's opposed to books, mm. but 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 that's not actually the issue. The issue that he's opposed to is he 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 specifically says. That, that you are going to entrust yourself to the external written word. Mm. And, and, and the product of that, he gives a couple of problems of it. One is he says people are going to always be learning and yet never really knowing anything. Right. Or he says they're going to always uh, claim and think that they are wise because they, they have access to so much knowledge, mm. but they don't really know the truth. Mm -hmm. And it's the, that's the principle, really. The principle is that um, it's like a desire to like have, 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 mm -hmm. but no one really mm -hmm. knows anything. No one really mm -hmm. remembers anything. And it, it's not right. actually the written word that's the problem that he's getting at. The problem is, is that we're committing ourselves to convenience in such a way that we don't want to put in the work yes. to actually know what is right. Just mindless consumption. Yeah. Yes. We're just absorbing yes. yeah, the constant flow of information, mm -hmm. not helpful. engaging with mm -hmm. it. Yeah. And we, Paul, that reminds me of the verse, I don't know where it is, where Paul said, speaks of people who are always learning mm -hmm. and yet never arriving at a knowledge yeah. of the mm -hmm. truth. And I want to, when we ask the question about why should we read, I'm going to get at this, mm -hmm. but reading in and of itself uh, won't make you a better person. Mm -hmm. So I'm saying it's character forming, um, it, and it will be shaping you, and it will be forming you. But I'm not saying that that it will necessarily be positive. And that's mm -hmm. a great example. You can be reading to just more and more and more and more. And I do this. An anxiously toiling, uh, uh, just idle curiosity towards the next and the next and the next. Um, that, that the vast amount of information could just be perpetuating character flaws in you. Mm -hmm. So that that's an important thing to bring up. Um, another obstacle to reading i think is people don't know what to read and partly the information overload when you feel as though you could read anything in other words there's the illusion of uh, you just lose you just lose this idea of finiteness in yourself it's like i could read or listen or watch anything you kind of become paralyzed like where do i start yeah and what should i prioritize and and i think a lot of people feel that if we weren't raised to be pointed towards good literature to discern for ourselves you know what that is a lot of people just feel okay if i listen to this podcast and i you know i need to be reading more where do i even start 
I think most people would feel that way. Mm -hmm. and, and confession, I struggle with that. So we're going to talk about books we're reading. I read almost entirely uh, pastoral theological books. And, and I can really track down the best resources of, uh, you know, say a, a question that people might have or an area of study in the scriptures or theology. I really struggle with finding a good nonfiction um, outside of theology. I go to chapters and I, I just wander around aimlessly. And when I have my day off, I'm like, hey, I'm going to read some something lighter, something in a different genre. No idea. You know, and if, if I feel that way, and I pretty much read for a living, and, and uh, you know, I have a seven-year degree, like, I, I should be able to find good books, and I can't. I think a lot of people would struggle with that. Hmm. Yeah, I think so, too. I, I never read uh, a fiction that hasn't been recommended to me. Yeah. The one time I did, and you know what? It was a success. <laughs> I'm going to admit that. I picked up, out of a, a desire to know the original story of Peter Pan, I picked up J.M. Barry's uh, Peter Pan. Yeah, and, uh, that's a it, classic. That actually, pretty good ground that is a it, yeah. pretty pretty good read, but we can come back to recommending books later. <laughs> can I just lastly throw out quickly, a reason people don't read too is people are very busy and fill their lives with many other things. And reading is something that takes patience and time and quiet, mm -hmm. and it's just hard to make that. You need to make time for that. that. That's a good point. I was thinking, uh, I think a lot of people view reading as kind of, version 1.0 it mm. was kind of like the, the the clunky pc compared to the sleek max uh, mac it's it's like you have to sit you got to read words we're just not used to it we mm. haven't uh kind of immersed ourselves in it so we sit down and it's like well, okay i can't just scroll through the chapters i've got to mm -hmm. sit down and read i've got to engage with the material mm -hmm. um you know there's the risk of of me investing in a character and then him dying and it's inconvenient and and uh the worst. yeah yeah yeah, I would I would say even just some of my own personal um, um, hindrances to reading, I I read slow, and it took yeah. me a while well, to it, it yeah. took me a yeah. while to confess this to myself. Yeah, because it it actually it being in in school, you don't want to acknowledge you read slow because it feels like you're saying I'm stupid or something. Mm -hmm. But I just do read slow, yeah. and mm -hmm. even I and you're at the mercy of how fast you can read. Yeah, and which it, we yeah. It's, yeah, it's super unfortunate. So it makes me feel like oh the the faster I can get things, the better. Yeah, it, yeah. it is. It really is a, a lack of patience in myself. Yeah. Just acknowledging that that is just a weakness I have, mm -hmm. and and when I read slow, I do I can retain a lot. Oh yeah. But but I have to. I'm at the mercy of that pace. Yeah. And that that can be a hindrance for people. Yeah. Yeah. And part of it is is just kind of rethinking culture in general. Like uh, it it's not ideal that we receive everything as quick as we can, as, as efficiently as we can, mm -hmm. as cheaply as we can. And mm -hmm. that's something that we're, that we're just at as a culture and, mm -hmm. and pragmatism. Yeah. Pragmatism and convenience and convenience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and it's often assumed, well, it, you know, if a web ta page takes more than three seconds to load, then there's something wrong, right? It's right. wrong that I have to wait. I, I, yeah. you know, time is money. We, I, I guess we think so mm -hmm. much of mm -hmm. ourselves that we just can't afford to, mm -hmm attention span is a huge thing yeah. like because it's we're saying reading helps build these things but not reading and giving into the immediate gratification of, of information perpetuates bad things yes. impatience a lack of attention i really struggle with that i've had right. to change my social media use because of it anxiety i can hardly get through a page without feeling as though i need to know everything about something i just read and i go and look up three other resources i i really struggle with the patient trusting you know i see my anxiousness as a character 
problem comes into my reading as well. And, and so there's, anyways, there's many reasons we yes. struggle with reading. Yes, definitely. So maybe uh, we'll just for a few minutes spend some time on um, some reasons why we should yep. should be reading. Well, the, I think the most important reason for reading is not because we are, you know, inclined towards that or we're more academic or, you know, we like working inside or something like that. We should be readers as human beings because God is a writer. Mm-hmm. And God is an author mm-hmm. and God has spoken into this world, but he's not only spoken, he's actually recorded his words in writing. And if you think about that, we won't spend time there because I've been known to be too es- es- esoteric. Is that the, <laughs> I, is that I, the term? I don't, I don't, is, is that true about you? I oh, I think it is for sure. <laughs> Confession. But when we read in Deuteronomy 9, 10, uh, you know, that God with the finger of God, he wrote on the two tablets mm-hmm. of stone, his covenant uh, with his people, revealing who he is, revealing his will for them. Um, and and so that's a, we don't want to overlook that. So the mm-hmm. most foundational reason to why read is because God's a writer and he's an author and he's chosen that we should know him through those things. We see in the New Testament, 2 Timothy 3, 14 to 16, um, Paul writing to Timothy. I actually just wanted to read it because it's really a really succinct um, passage here. He says, As for you, continue in what you have learned and firmly believed, knowing from who whom you learned it, and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are the scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus. All scriptures breathed out by God and profitable. So he's saying that the value of reading the word of God, the written word of God, is that that's how we come to know Jesus Christ mm-hmm. by faith. And so, you know, it, in one sense, reading is one of the most important things we can do if we think about knowing God through the scriptures. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's important the way you put it there, too. Um, reading has lots of other benefits. Yeah. But we want to think about things also from, you know, eternal and like primary of importance. Yeah. Um, mm. if you, if you skip reading the, the manual for how your car works and you skip reading, um, uh, yeah, just, there are lots of other, um, uh, extra biblical works to read, but, but at the root of it, the first thing that we should read is, is what our God has written. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and our, our, obviously we're arguing for the Bible there, but, um, Maybe we'll co- we should come back to the connection between reading other things and reading the scripture because I think mm-hmm. there's a connection there as well. In the same way that um, God has, as it says in um, Psalm 19, you know, the heavens are declaring the glory of God. And it says their voice. You know, God speaks in His Word and He speaks in creation. Mm-hmm. There's a sense to which um, there are things outside the Bible that inform how we understand and read the Bible. Um, and I think that that's, that's helpful. Like God has created this world. Um, or, or Tolkien puts it this way. We, we write things um, and we create things. We are and, yeah, yeah, we are sub-creators. And it, sh- it reflects that there is a creator God. That's kind of what I'm getting at. That, that reading in general is helpful in terms of reading the Bible. So, so what, just, just for a minute, uh, mm-hmm. we think about um, many of the Gospels and uh, it, recently on Netflix you have parts of Acts that have been Mm-hmm. Uh, made for the the screen and put into movies and mm-hmm. and some people you'll talk to and say oh the power of the crucifixion never really hit me until I saw till I saw it in the mm-hmm. movie right mm-hmm. um, 
So what do you guys think about that? Is, is it, is it that the power of something doesn't really, uh, in terms of the Bible, doesn't really hit us until we see it on the screen? Mm -hmm. Or is it just because we're such a visual mm -hmm. people that that resonates more when we see it? Or mm -hmm. uh, should we just wait till the Bible comes out on screen to be able to, mm -hmm. you know, watch it? Is that the best way to, um, mm -hmm. what do you think? Well, that's a really big question. That is a big question. So you only have thirty seconds yeah, to answer it. Yeah, I, I didn't. <laughs> I would say uh, there's a couple of ways to look at that. One, so the only angle I'll take on it for now, okay, is to say that um, it is necessary to read the Bible to know God. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that all of life is reading, because, and we know that because what we read in the Bible, for instance, is that God created people for Himself. Um, to give themselves to good works, you know, Ephesians 2, um, to loving their neighbor. In, in other words, to living out there, not doing reading. So we are to bear witness to Jesus Christ in our lives. So it makes sense that people should, um, through our words of proclaiming the gospel, through our lives of living consistent with the gospel and reflecting Jesus, uh, that that would have an impact on people. So what we're not saying is the only thing we should be doing is reading or the only way that people come to know God is by reading, that they can hear the word of God preached. In fact, that's a primary way right. of people being saved. They can look, in other words, at a person filled with the spirit of God, hear his voice, and God is speaking through him as he declares the written words of God and explains them. Right. So these mm -hmm. things these things all work together. We're right. not being reductionistic. Yeah. But there is something to say when you go to the images. Romans one says that we we reject in rejecting um, God's revelation in our unrighteousness, we turn to images. And I don't think there's it's not a surprise or a coincidence that our world has rejected God has no time for words and loves images. Mm -hmm. I don't want to go any further than that because okay. I haven't thought about it more. All right. I, uh, a helpful thought about that, uh, just quickly. Um, uh, Edwards, when he was... Uh, okay, first it's Plato and Socrates and then Edwards. <laughs> Ryland is our literary buff here. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, oh, and Tolkien. Jo uh, Jonathan Edwards. Hit Lewis. Um, when he was ministering to the natives... Um, one of the things that he talked about was, well, they can't read the Bible. And, right. and yeah. that was a problem for him yes. because he loved the scriptures. Yes. And, and basically, how can, how can I be certain that they are really having a genuine response? Mm -hmm. The Holy Spirit is at work in them if they can't read the word. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, essentially, it, it comes down to, again, that there is a, there is a spiritual hindrance to reading scripture in particular. Yes. And, uh, and we That's have to accept point. that, that um, I, mean, I think Calvin... Uh, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but essentially that, that it is through the internal witness of the Holy Spirit that the scripture is revealed as true. Yes. And apart from those things, um, you know, you can't read the Bible and know the truth. Mm -hmm. You can't read the Bible. You can, you can know what the Bible says, but you don't know or you experientially know the truth of who Jesus is. Well, where where I wanted to go for that was Second Corinthians three, where he talks yeah, about exactly. the old covenant of the Jews, and he actually says, um, when Moses is read, that is the old covenant, a veil lies over their hearts, and so you can even read the Bible, which is inspired by God, which is um, He is the author of the Bible, 
and you cannot understand it. Mm-hmm. And, and Jesus exposes so, that. He yes. says to the Pharisees like eight times, have you not read? Have you not read? Yeah. Well, of course yes. they've read. But they haven't read it in with such faith. a way. Yeah, with yeah. faith. You search the scriptures. Yeah. You think that in them you have eternal life. Yeah. Yeah. They testify to Christ. Yeah. Yes. Amen. John 5. Yeah. So we know that we are reading the scriptures in a fruitful way when it's done with faith. And that is a work of the Spirit. He, he contrasts that with Christians um, who, who through the work of the Spirit have their eyes open to see mm-hmm. the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. And so... You know, just as Timothy was made wise for salvation through the scriptures, but by faith in Jesus, scriptures are a window through which we see the glory of God by the power of the Spirit, and we receive it by faith. That that much more is going on for us to truly be reading in the words of Jesus, mm-hmm. in the way that he means it. That's a work of God, and it's a response of faith. And we can never reduce it. What we're not saying in this podcast is if you just open your Bible and you just work through the words— that is enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a definite spiritual component. But it's not less blindness. than that. Yes. If you yes. never open your Bible, you never read the words, Yeah, mm-hmm. that will happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we, we definitely establish you need to be a reader because you need to be exposed to the Word of God and its uh, authority for our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in the time we have left, I just wanted um, just a few of us maybe to, to recommend uh, some books that maybe we have enjoyed or are enjoying, uh, perhaps that would be beneficial to listeners. Um, yeah. Ryland, do you want to start? <laughs> yeah. Well, as you were saying there, my first thought is um, the kind of book you recommend depends on what you're like, what you're actually trying to get out of your reading. So um, obviously we just commended everyone to read the scriptures and because we think that it's of an eternal importance. Yeah. Um, I would actually recommend, uh, before you get into any other book you're going to recommend, um, a, a short book by Tony Ranke called Lit, uh, basically Reading for Christians. And I was it, reading that this morning. Yeah, in that book, he goes through, he makes a lot of, he, he'll, in more depth than we've done here, why you should read as a Christian, yeah, the right. importance Very of reading good. the scriptures. But, but one of the most practically helpful things he gives is he talks about um, how to approach reading books, picking books, um, you don't have to read everything. And that's, and that's a very freeing thing. And so I I would encourage reading that book for uh, freeing your mind from the burden to feel like you have to read everything. That's a good point. Um, so that, yeah, I'd recommend that one maybe first. Yeah. (sighs) I wish I could recommend so many books. The the second book I just want to quickly recommend is, uh, is Desiring God by John Piper. Mm -hmm. I recommend this to every Christian. And, uh, and the reason I do is because I think there is a disconnect between um, um, choosing God because it's the right thing and I have to do it and, and choosing to seek God and, and put faith in God because it's actually the best thing. Mm-hmm. And so I think, I think desiring God makes um, the case for that in a very biblical way, in a very mm-hmm. uh, broad way, even for, for the, what the book is, mm-hmm. that I would encourage every Christian to read. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of a, a biblical theology book, but mm-hmm. yeah. Um, ben mentioned one last week, and that is uh, Morning and Evening by Charles Spurgeon. Yep. Mm-hmm. Honestly, 10 minutes, not even 10 minutes. You can read through that even as a slow reader in five minutes. Yeah. It's a one-page devotion on a little passage of scripture. I read that most mornings now. My iPad, on my Logos app, I have a little, I press a button and it pulls it up. There's one for the morning, there's one for the evening. I do the mornings. That's great. I also have 
um, a devotional called For the Love of God by D.A. Carson. Yeah. And it's helpful because D.A. Carson works through a reading plan. Yeah. I forget which one, but it will say in it. You is can it McShane's? Is it? McShane's, yeah. Okay. And, and basically, there's you can be working through a Bible reading plan, a year-long reading plan, and then read For the Love of God, where again, five, six minute summary where he just zeroes in on one of those passages and kind of explains it. So, you know, when you read the Bible, especially in the morning and you kind of are like, I got nothing out of that. It's helpful to have someone come alongside and just That's never happened to me. <laughs> well, it's out there for me. Uh, Everyone knows. God, no. No. God I'm, bless I'm, you, Ben. I'm yeah. <laughs> um, so I thought in, you know, those are two good devotions to read. Mm. Uh, I'll just mention one more these are none of the ones I brought today to share, but in my attempt to read some fiction and it's just a different genre, um, a couple of months ago, I picked up the wheel of time series and that's, that's brave. It is brave. And I've read a lot of fiction when I was Usually something you just pick up. It's a pretty massive yeah. series. <laughs> yeah. And the problem is when I was young, I read, well, the Lord of the Rings and I read the Harry Potter series as well, which in my mind, they're di I know they're different. Don't get angry, but um, they're both great series. Mm -hmm. And for me, it feels when you go to chapters and you look at the wall of the fantasy genre, yeah, it's imposing. It's like, yeah. do they let anyone write? <laughs> and reading through Aragon, apparently they do. Oh. So I like, I like the first, it's Shade impressive. has been thrown. No, no, but it's fair. It's, it's written by, I think at the time, a, t a teenager, the first one, oh. very young person. And it's, it's a great book. I mean, I could never write anything like that, obviously. But I read. I couldn't even finish the last one because it just, it just wasn't the the same depth, of of reading. And I got despairing. And I talked to Ben. And he said, "Well, have you read Wheel of Time?" And I picked up the Wheel of Time, which is what the eighties. Robert yeah. Jordan yeah. wrote that in the eighties, and the first one especially. I think I'm on the fourth book. Um, is fantastic. I mean, you read it and you you think, this is similar to Tolkien as far as quality of writing. Doesn't still doesn't you know, match, but so that's just another one to throw out. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I just, I'll, I'll throw out one. Uh, it's one we, we actually went through with a few of our guys from our church a few years ago. It's called longing for home and it's by mm. uh, Stephen Yule. It's a journey through the Psalms of ascent. It's uh, they're very short chapters. Uh, they go through the Psalms of ascent, which are Psalms 120 to 134. Um, it's a great nourishing read. Uh, if you're not a reader, it's a great place to start. It's a devotional read. Um, uh, Dr. Yules has a lot of very incisive things to say uh, about the scriptures and, and just how we think about the life to come and, mm -hmm. and how that impacts how we live our Christian life now. Mm -hmm. It's a great little read. Um, on the fiction spectrum, one that I always like to recommend is... Um, uh, James Harriet's All Creatures Great and Small. Mm. Um, it, it's a really great book and it's a classic. I know a lot of people have read it. Mm. Um, but even as we're talking about a culture where things go very quickly, there's there's not much time to sit and to read. And um, even just for that aspect, it, it, it's it's a slower time. It's, it's about the life of a country vet uh, in England. And just he, he has a very perceptive insight into the personalities of these curmudgeonly farmers and, um, and just his love for animals. And, and anyone who, who loves nature, it's a great book. And mm -hmm. it just has a very, uh, yeah, a good perspective and kind of a holistic perspective on, mm -hmm. even as we talk about vocation mm -hmm. and uh, where this young vet is, is just trying to uh, 
you know, master the skills in a very difficult uh, mm-hmm. profession, but it, mm-hmm. another great book. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish we could recommend so many. Well, yeah, we could. <laughs> I think what we're going to try to do is have a book recommendation yeah. on every podcast yeah. now. Yeah. Oh, great. Just to help, help with this. Yeah. 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 Well, thanks for uh, spending this half hour with us. We hope it's been helpful. Again, you can get in touch with us uh, by email or on our website, thegatheringptbo.ca, and uh, hopefully we'll see you next week. Bye.